the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. A couple minutes after 4, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. Thanks for tuning in. Got a kind of cloudy rest of the afternoon heading into the evening. Real nice day today. Eventually down to a low of 40 tonight. Tomorrow, lots of sun to start the day with some clouds in the afternoon and a high of 57. A lot of stuff happening in the football world. First and foremost, the one and only Tom Brady announcing on social media that he's heading out of town. Leaving the Patriots. Uh, he put it on, I think it was his Instagram uh, account and says, I wanted to say thank you to all of the incredible fans and Patriot supporters Massachusetts has been my home for 20 years. It has truly been the happiest two decades I could have envisioned in my life, and I have nothing but love and gratitude for my time in New England. The support has been overwhelming. I wish every player could experience it. My children were born and raised here, and you always embrace this California kid as your own. I love your commitment and loyalty to your teams, and winning for our city means more than you'll ever know. I can't thank you enough for the support of our team, the packed training camps and sold-out stadiums and mostly victory parades. I have been so blessed to share them with you all. So Tom Brady announcing that he won't be back playing for the Patriots this year after six Super Bowls and a bunch of other records and awards. And uh, the question remains where he will wind up. And uh, in other related news, the uh, quarterback for the uh, Saints, Drew Brees, couple-year deal to stay with them, $50 million. Teddy Bridgewater, who is Brees' backup, Heading to, looks like, Carolina, which means Cam Newton, who is there, is going to maybe be looking for a home. So, a lot going on in the midst of nothing going on in the world of football. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be more dominoes to fall. Uh, today, St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day to you. We have a couple of special guests. Uh, we have a young lady. Her name is Rachel Gilson. She's written a book called Born Again This Way. Coming out, coming to faith. And what comes next? And she'll be joining us in just a little bit. We actually have some books to give away by her. So if you're interested in winning one, simply text 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. If you want to win again a copy of Rachel Gilson's book, Born Again This Way, you can just type in the word born and we'll know what that's for. A little later on in the hour, also another very special guest going to be capping off our St. Patty's Day in a very appropriate way. Uh, actor's name is John Reese Davis. You'll know him from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You'll know him from uh, Lord of the Rings. He was uh, Gimli the Dwarf. And he's been in all kinds of other things, including SpongeBob SquarePants. And he's been the voice in many movies. And the uh, film that he is now part of releasing tonight is called I Am Patrick, the Patron Saint of Ireland. So John Reese Davis actually going to join us later on in the program as well. But first things first, let's bring in our very first guest, Rachel Gilson, again, author of the book Born Again This Way, coming out, coming to faith, and what comes next. Hello, Rachel. How you doing? 
Hello, Tim. Did I say your last name properly? Gilson with a hard G? <laughs> yes, that's right. You did. Okay, good. Born Again This Way is the book you've written, Coming Out, Coming to Faith, and What Comes Next. And uh, I've read through, and I, I'm really interested. There's a lot to unpack, and it's like, how much time can we spend on this? Because there's a lot to say and share. That's why I wrote a whole book. Yes, yes. Well, and I thought, um, let's just start with the word welcome. That's uh, on one of the earliest pages in the book, and, and why you began with that word and, and what you have in the pages that follow. Well, so I, I wanted to write a book that helped disciples who experience same-sex attraction to thrive in Jesus. But the reality is, people who pick up this book are going to be more than just that small niche of people. You know, people um, have a lot of different reasons that they have questions about God's sexual ethic, you know. Um, they could be concerned about what's happening in the culture. They could be confused about what they're feeling in themselves. They could be trying to figure out how to love a family member or a friend well. And so part of what I wanted to do in my welcome was just trying to acknowledge that we all bring our own personal baggage into the conversation about God and sexuality. It's unavoidable. And that I really want my readers to feel safe. Uh, I want my readers to feel like they have an opportunity to bring their actual questions to the book and to hear from my perspective. And, you know, mine is only one among many, but I, I do try to bring plenty of text from Scripture to demonstrate, like, hey, God's Word has something to say to us in this, and not only something to say, but something really positive, something even healing, not just God um, putting his fingers in his ears and screaming the word no at us over and over yeah. again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a lot to, to chat about, and and you do. Well, I just as a very general statement for folks uh, listening in, Rachel Gilson's our guest. The book is called Born Again This Way on the Tim DeMoss Show, and each page you know, really resonates that depth. There's a lot of scripture. There's a lot of personal story. There's a, a lot of um, unpacking things and thinking through things, and so, you know, time being what it is, we can do a certain amount of that, and then people just read the rest of the book to, to find out more. But sure. um, continuing that narrative, early on, you, you talk about struggling with same-sex attraction, I guess, as a teenager, and the mm -hmm. word Christianity is popping up, too. So did you have some kind of a, uh, you know, because I wouldn't assume that's everybody's experience. It might just be experimenting or whatever, same-sex activity or, or relationships, and Christianity is like not even on the radar. But how, wh right. where did those two things come from for you as you were working through these things? No, it's a great question. So yeah, as a high schooler, I lived in a really small town in California that was pretty conservative, but my family weren't churchgoers. So I was surrounded by people who went to church as a way of life. Um, and so during high school, when I was really uh, beginning to understand that, gosh, the way I feel about girls is actually the way my female friends say they feel about boys, it was also at the same time when I was trying to think about, well, who has the big answers to the big questions in life? Is it religion? Is it literature? And um, again and again, as I talked to different Christians my age, as I checked out the local youth group a couple times, I just, I walked away thinking, gosh, I don't think those answers are in Christianity. I think, it seems like Christians are people who don't really want to think for themselves. They, they kind of seem maybe a little stupid. Um, and then also in relation to my sexuality, even though I had never been mistreated by a Christian or by a church, I also kind of understood that Christians were against same-sex relationships. So I thought, gosh, well, Christians aren't just stupid, but they're probably bigots. And so by the end of high school, I had a really negative perception of Christianity, both when it came to the intellectual question and when it came to the sexuality question. Okay. 
Chatting with Rachel Gilson, the book Born Again This Way, Coming Out, Coming to Faith, and What Comes Next. Part of your story, speaking of what comes next, you go off to college and um, you're, you know, you did well in high school, and but then your foundation kind of got shaken uh, between two things, your high school girlfriend breaking up with you and the fact that you realized, hey, there are other smart people out in the world too. I'm not necessarily top of the pile uh, and all of a sudden, <laughs> right? So, I mean, not that you That's weren't, right. right? So the foundation's being shaken. What, where did, that's, I think when the book you talk about, God started to get a hold of you because obviously you're, I mean, he's getting a hold of your whole life really, but I'm sure, but that right. talk about that, that season of life. And, and the fact that on that topic, the topic of going to Yale, the whole, the whole um, smartness piece, if you will, or the, the uh, case, like being a Christian doesn't mean you have to not have any reasons behind what you believe or whatever, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. So I, I sometimes joke that I got tricked into going to Yale because I'd never experienced winter before. And so um, <laughs> yeah. I sort of thought of fall as being perpetually um, the season of New England, when actually winter is more of the, more of the season that it lives in. But yes. um, yeah, it turns out if you go to a small public high school, you're, you're probably not going to be the smartest person who goes to Yale. And that was difficult for me to find out. Uh, and with the girlfriend breaking up with me, as um, as you mentioned before, I really was kind of going through an identity crisis my freshman year at Yale. Kind of like, gosh, should I write for the newspaper? I don't think I'm smart enough. Should I go to the gym more? I'm very lazy. I was just casting about. But never was I like, oh, I should turn to Jesus, because I didn't believe in Jesus. But I was sitting in a lecture one day. We were covering Rene Descartes. He's that old dead guy who invented yes. the phrase, I think, therefore I am. Yes. And as I was sitting in the audience... You know, I was thinking, gosh, this is a really stupid proof for the existence of God, because he builds this whole thing off of that statement. But then I wondered, well, what if there are other proofs for the existence of God that aren't stupid? And that, that feeling kind of made me uncomfortable, but I couldn't quite shake it. So being a, uh, a good millennial, I decided to ask the Internet, you know? So I would just fire yes. up Google and uh, type in lots of random religious search terms, and over and over again, I kept uh, finding myself drawn to reading about Jesus, and this was deeply surprising to me at the time. So this is 2004, you know, and I had sort of a caricature in my mind of Jesus as like an ancient George W. Bush wrapped in a toga or something, like an American <laughs> conservative, kind of yeah. kind of silly maybe. But the Jesus I was reading about was um, intelligent, he was warm, and and I was like, gosh, I can't be drawn towards the character of Jesus, like I want to marry a woman someday. Yeah. So I happened, um, the only two people I knew at Yale who identified as Christians were these two girls who were dating each other. Okay. And one of them was training to be a Lutheran minister. So I thought, okay, well, they must know something I don't. And they were like, yeah, you've got it all wrong. The Bible actually supports monogamous same-sex relationships. And I remember thinking, really? Well, that's kind of interesting. I don't know. Maybe that could be something. And they gave me this packet of information. I remember taking it back to my room and devouring it. And as much as the packet really kind of had an internal sense of logic and consistency, when I was actually comparing those interpretations to the Bible verses that I was pulling up on my computer, because I didn't own a Bible, I just couldn't see how they connected. I was like, gosh, I don't think these interpretations are actually treating the text fairly. I remember sort of feeling like, gosh, I'd been duped, or I felt stupid for thinking this ancient religion had space for you know, a sexuality like mine. I kind of threw the packet away and was like, whatever, I'll give up. Yeah. And this, this is this is where the, the, the stolen book story comes in, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, then, 
sometime after that, I happened to be in the the room of a friend. She had a bookshelf. She wasn't. She was getting something out of her bag or whatever, and I was looking at her bookshelf and judging her, which is one of my favorite hobbies. And uh, <laughs> she happened to have a copy of Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis on her shelf. And I saw it, and I didn't know about the book, but even the title just made me want to read it. But I was too embarrassed to ask her for it, so um, I just decided to steal it. You know, it, didn't, it was easy to put in my bag um, without her even noticing. And so I was reading this book in the library between classes one day, sometime after that, not doing my homework like normal. And uh, suddenly I realized, oh my goodness, not only does a God exist in like a generic store brand way, but the holy God exists, like a God who is perfect and transcendent and who made me and to who I'm going to owe an account. And I was like, oh no, I mean, I'm a liar, I'm a cheater, I'm arrogant, I'm sexually immoral, I'm reading a stolen book. Like these... um, (laughs) These chips don't fall in the innocent category. Yeah. They definitely fall in the guilty category. And I'm cutting class I'm too. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no, no. It was it was a legitimate break. That's, yeah, that's no, funny kidding. though. And uh, and I was afraid. You know, I was like, gosh, I'm condemned. But right then, I also realized part of the reason Jesus had come was to place Himself as a barrier between God's wrath and me, and that the only way to be safe was to run towards Him, not away from Him. I remember sitting there thinking, well, do I want to be a Christian? Like, that sounds like kind of lame. I, I want to marry a woman someday. I don't want to really change my lifestyle. But I couldn't pretend that the gospel wasn't true just because it was inconvenient for me. That would be stupid. I thought, okay, well, I'm never going to get a better deal than this. So I closed my eyes and said, okay, God, fine. <laughs> Rachel Gilson's our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show this afternoon, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thank you for listening. We'll take a quick break. Keep our chat rolling. It's the Tim DeMoss Show this afternoon. Thanks for hanging out. WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Just a quick note for you that our Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast, which had been scheduled for the 23rd of April, uh, has been postponed. And uh, so if you signed up, please take note of that. If you're not a pastor, please let your pastor know of that postponement. We'll keep you updated with details. Uh, about that p- uh, potential reschedule of that event. The Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast has been around for many years, and we hope to be able to have that pop up again. But like everybody else, we're kind of in a wait-and-see mode with how things play out. Later on in the hour, looking forward to having actor John Reese davis join us. He's with the movie I Am Patrick, patron saint of Ireland, which releases tonight. He's been in many movies, including uh, Lord of the Rings and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we're looking forward to chat with him from the Isle of Man in the middle of the Irish Sea. But before that, we continue and enjoy our conversation with Rachel Gilson, who she's written a book called Born Again This Way, Coming Out, Coming to Faith, and What Comes Next. Uh, And by the way, if you want to win a copy of that, simply send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, and uh, we'll put your name in the running to win a copy of Rachel's book. I actually wrote that one sentence down. Could I really pretend the gospel is not true simply because it would be inconvenient for my life? That seemed the height of stupidity. That's a very honest statement to make because it, it would be easier just to say, I don't want to, I don't want to. <laughs> so I just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to admit that actually, because you could, you could even say, not say it's stupid, but 
that's to say, is that really why I'm going to turn away all of this, this evidence and what I've been reading because I don't want to? And I'm going to, I'm going to weigh that on a scale and, and it's going to come out even? Nah, I don't think so. So, um, and then the fact that you not just it didn't just stay there, but the fact that you had a better offer and realizing that. And, and to me, you really get into this um, uh, a bit in the next chapter, in chapter two. Uh, but but mm-hmm. bef- but before getting into that for a minute, um, you, you had opened that, that first chapter with a box. Uh, yeah, and maybe my ta- treasure box. Yeah, talk about that box for a minute. Yeah, so you know, I I came to Christ 16 years ago, um, and really quickly I realized, uh oh, my attractions to women aren't going anywhere. <laughs> and it's been 16 years, and though I'm married to a man and have a daughter, my attractions to women still persist. So my first couple years of walking with the Lord, you know, it was sort of like an open dumpster fire in terms of obedience. It was a struggle for me to figure out how I actually obey. But over the years, I I did build my muscle of obedience. I did figure out more and more how to, by the Spirit, say yes to God and no to my temptations. But I still kept this box. And in this box were the remnants of my former life, specifically a bunch of love letters and mementos of really my most significant relationship, romantic relationship with a girl, my first girlfriend. And, uh, you know, there would be times when I would get in kind of a nostalgic mood or, uh, you know, something would come over me and I would just, you know, I would go kind of sort through my box and think about maybe the life I'd left behind. Think about, I don't know, the sweetness that had been there at certain times, even though I had given it up. And I had a friend challenge me one day. It, she was a newer friend, and I, I happened to tell her about this box. And, and with a lot of wisdom and with a lot of gentleness, she said, Hey, is that, really, is that really smart for you to hold on to? Ooh, and it was interesting to notice my heart really quickly being like, Well, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Forget like, what I said. Never like, mind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I take it all back. It was a joke. Um, but it's sort of like immediately I knew, oh, she's right. This... Um, this way that I'm hanging on to the past, it doesn't help me, and it doesn't honor the Lord. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obeying Him in my life, and I'm seeking to glorify Him, but even just the holding on to this little treasure box, um, I think I need to let it go. And that was, you know, that was years into my discipleship. I think one of the things that we all need to recognize, right, we, we live in an age that wants the instant, but Gosh, God God talks about our growth like the growth of a tree. And a tree takes so long to grow into something that can withstand the storm. Rachel Gilson's our guest. The book's called Born Again This Way, Coming Out, Coming to Faith, and What Comes Next. Uh, and I've got multiple more questions to ask. But let me cycle back to this and kind of the heart. If, if, if people only read the first chapter, uh, actually, I, I was mixed up for a second. What I was going to ask you about actually is I think in the first chapter, not chapter two, you talk about Adam and Eve and the first command that God had given them was not yeah. something obvious, like, Adam, don't kill your wife or don't, you know, whatever, something. Right. Hey, don't eat that fruit. Murder is <laughs> intuitively wrong to us. And I would encourage any listener, you know, if murder is not intuitively wrong to them, they should, they should tell somebody about that. <laughs> yes. But you, but you talk about that first thing is don't eat that, from that, that fruit from that tree in particular. And then what happened there is so um, – you liken it to the fact that in the end the, the serpent questions God's character 
And did God really say that? And he's making you not do that and, he, and, and undermining the person, not even worried about the command, but the person who gave the command. And, uh, and, and I think you were likening that to saying, well, when I became a Christian, my same-sex attraction thing didn't seem to change much or at all. And kind of wondering, well, what do I do with that? But I'm going to trust the God who's behind what he says in his word rather than, well, I'll take the parts of the Bible that I get and I'm seeing change in. And then this part's not changing. It must, I guess I'll just keep doing it or something. That The whole character yeah. issue about God, right? I think it's really important when we um, when we decide we're only going to obey if we understand and if we like it, then how are we not making ourselves God? Yeah. Really, I have to let him be who he is. He is God and I am not. And that is where the serpent pressed Eve. You know, I sometimes joke, you know, when it comes to the rule about the fruit, I mean, even vegans eat fruit, you know, like on anything. Yeah. This looks like a thing you should do. And, and Eve stacks all her data up, right? The fruit looks attractive. It looks like it's going to be good to eat. It's desirous to make wise. All of her data says this is a good idea. The only thing on the other end of the ledger saying no is God's word that says the day you eat it, you're going to die. And so it forces her. Is she going to trust her or is she going to trust him? And she had so much evidence that he was for her, not against her, but she and Adam both ate that fruit. And we are all living downstream from that bad decision. And I think for many of us, it's similar to how we approach God's words about sexuality. We end up looking at them and thinking, well, that can't be right. That doesn't feel right to me. And yet God in his word has been very clear, like, hey, if you don't use your body in the way I've designed and for my purposes, it's only going to lead to death. And we have to decide, each of us, am I going to listen to myself or am I going to listen to him? Has he proven himself trustworthy? And I think in the person of Christ, he really has. Not even just that Jesus died for us, which would be enough, but the fact that he came for us at all. He was under no obligation to leave the perfection of the Trinity to come down and save us and live a miserable life, but he did it for our sake. And so I had early to come back again and again into, can I trust him? Is he for me? And I think he's shown again and again, he really is. Rachel Gilson, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show this afternoon. We're chatting about her book, Born Again This Way, coming out, coming to faith, and what comes next. We're giving away copies today, so if you want to win one, send a text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just throw the word born in there and your name, and we'll know what that's for, and we'll let you know if you happen to win. Uh, take a quick break. We'll continue our chat with Rachel in just a moment with WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL this afternoon as we have a cloudy rest of the day going into tonight with a low of 40, a lot of sun tomorrow, some clouds in the evening, and a high of 57. Tom Brady announcing on social media he's leaving the Patriots. Where he lands, we'll see. Drew Brees signing an extension with the uh, New Orleans Saints. Teddy Bridgewater, his backup, going to Carolina. Looks like Cam Newton's out of Carolina. We'll see where he lands. We keep our conversation going now with Rachel Gilson, author of the book Born Again This Way, coming out, coming to faith, and what comes next. Psalm 8411 is the one comes right after 8410, which uh, says, you know, uh, uh, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, which is a fairly well-known verse. But 11 says, our God is a sun and shield. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. 
And that verse, more than any verse I'd say in the last five years, has helped be a safeguard for me to think of. And I'll share this on the show once in a great while, but it really lines up with what you wrote about how you're trying to approach this also and honoring God is to say there's no point from now, you know, in the time-space continuum between now and when I die, that something I would choose for myself would actually be better than what God has to offer. Otherwise, that implies there are points that there's something else that's better, even if it's just for a minute or for an hour. Even if it's just, yeah, for a second. Right. Well, and isn't that the thing about sin? The number one thing about sin is that it lies. It right, deceives right. us. It comes from the Father and lies. And so I think that's what can trip us up, is that it can be a happy feeling for an hour or a day or even a month. But even the best things that humans build apart from God, because we're made in His image, so we can build some convincing things. They yeah. just cannot achieve what they promise for us. If He's not in it, it, it they just can't get there. Yeah. And um, He wants so much more for us. Uh, Rachel, there's, yes, you're right. You're right. And uh, we just said this the other day on the show. Uh, lying lips last only a moment, but truthful words endure forever. That, that when you lie, mm-hmm. you, you lie, you you actually bail yourself out for the, the second your words are being spoken to avoid that. Now the guilt comes, and you have to live with that or suppress it. But truthful lips, even if it's hard in that moment, endure forever, and they're because re- they're real. So yeah, and, and there's a lot of scripture in here. I, I and I want to also just bring something up for folks who are tuning in and listening. And just so you know, Rachel, this is a topic um, that I have not had a, an author on before on, mm. and um, and, uh, and I don't address um, and certain other topics that are hard, like say abortion. There are people who may have had an abortion, for example, and then they're against right. it now. But to even bring it up is like picking a scab. They may they may already have their struggles. Yeah. Like there's that girl seven. My girl would have been seven. Like I I'm really yeah. careful on the air because you want to be compassionate. And um, I kind of just want to, you know, even in addition to or related to your book, when the whole topic of same-sex attraction comes up, uh, obviously there's a lot that it could be said, and I'm sure you've had plenty of conversations. What do you find, um, and how do you encourage others to approach the conversations with other people, whether it's people who are living in a gay lifestyle, whether they say, I'm, I'm Christian, I'm not a Christian, they don't care about God. Like You've experienced all of it, really, in a lot of ways. Your story kind of cut through all those stages, so you've, you've tasted all those different things. Um, so just how to, how to respectfully, you know, hold fast to what God says, and at the same time, how to really engage people and, and love them, even if it's a really slow, long conversation <laughs> or yeah. something more concentrated um, with people. Well, I think one of the most important principles we can have is that uh, the life of Christ, um, the life he gives us is one infused with grace and truth over time. And every single one of us needs grace and truth over time. If we just have grace and no truth, um, it's impotent affection. It can't transform us. But if we just have truth without grace, Um, We're attacked with cold legalism. We really need both, whether we're Christians, whether we're non-Christians. We need grace and truth over time. And as Christians, we want to watch Jesus and do what he does. And when we watch him in his earthly ministry, we see that there are two types of people that Jesus rebukes, Satan and self-righteous religious people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. When it comes to known sinners... He is incredibly tender. He's invitational. He's gentle. Now we know for 
absolute certain he never condoned sin, but there was something about him where sinners wanted to be with him. And I think in all of our thinking about how am I relating in the world as a sinner as I am, the chief of sinners, what does it mean for me um, to magnify the grace and truth of Christ in the ways that he did? Rachel Gilson's our guest on The Tim DeMoss Show. If you want to win a copy of her book, Born Again This Way, send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, or email D T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. Back with more in just a moment, WFIL. Live and local, it's The Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app, you're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show today. Thanks for tuning in. Rachel Gilson's our guest, Born Again This Way, is the book she's written, Coming Out, Coming to Faith, and What Comes Next. Rachel, I want to um, commend you on the way the book is written, because I think you address a very difficult topic, challenging topic, let's put it that way, um, open, but not gratuitously open, um, and at the same time, reminding, all, even just saying, look, this is my story, I'm not trying to tell you everyone's story is like this, but there's enough authority with it, and especially because you're using scripture throughout, to say this is really how I processed all of this and how I lived it out, uh, warts and all, good stuff God did, things that I did that were wrong, um, without sounding like you're, you're now the authority. Everyone needs to read my book because this is the answer to how everybody's supposed to process these things. But you, right. but you do have the different aspects to it, including the, 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 I think it's important, the fact, you know, that you did go to Yale, that you have an edu- you know, a solid education that way and that you use scriptures, um, not as a hammer, but just as a, here's, here's how I processed it. And, and honest stuff too, like there are tender moments where, uh, you, you talk about, I think your friend Sylvia who helped you, yeah. um, and then when she did for a while, she helped you in a gentle way. I think you said when you had been at a party when you were you know, underage drinking and right. right. Tell, tell, tell about Sylvia. Cause that gives you an example, even just kind of the story, the tone of the book. So people understand that. I have to be careful when I talk about Sylvia, cause I love her so much. <laughs> I, could talk, I could talk for hours. She was my maid of honor. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So Sylvia has a, a gentleness and a warmth. So yeah. So I came into the Christian lifestyle from kind of a hard partying background. So there were some hiccups when I first came in, you know, I'm hanging out with my other friends who weren't Christians. There was one night and I just drank way too much. And I kind of in my drunken state knew, uh oh, I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do now as a Christian. And because Sylvia was so safe, I just called her on my cell phone and was like, hey, um, I got really drunk. I don't know what to do. And she was like, hey, come over to my room. And, and she just met me outside, and we just walked around her residential college until I sobered up. And she didn't harangue me. She didn't abuse me. It was clear, right, that she was in agreement with me that was a bad idea. But she was just gentle, like, hey, why don't we just sober you up? We'll chat about some things. We'll, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't any condemnation. I felt really safe to be um, in process with her, which of course meant uh, the next semester. So that was spring of my freshman year. The fall of my sophomore year, I had fallen into this um, romantic and sexual relationship with a senior girl. And, you know, like sin, I was keeping it secret and things were going bad and everything was awful. And when I finally opened up and told Sylvia about it, I mean, Sylvia's the kind of person she would, she wouldn't yell at hardly anything. She didn't yell at me even. We were just sitting on her bed, and, and she was looking at me full in the face with tears in her eyes, and she said, you, 
you have to end it. And I felt the authority of her words, and I felt her deep love for me in equal measure. She wasn't saying I had to end it because I needed to earn God's favor. She wasn't saying I had to end it, um, you know, to punish me. She was saying I had to end it because I was endangering my own soul. And she loved me, and she wanted better things for me. And, and if anything, um, I really believe that none of us can make it in our life of faith without three things, God's Word, God's Spirit, and God's people. And if we lose any of the three, we end up shipwrecked somehow. And how much I needed God's people at that time to help me live into what I believed in my head, but I was having such a difficult time following in my actual life. Wow. Been a privilege chatting with you, Rachel Gilson, Born Again This Way, the book, Coming Out, Coming to Faith, What Comes Next. We touched on maybe a quarter of the book, if that. There's a lot more that's in your book for people to read, and I think that for those who give it a, a chance or you know pick it up to read, because one of the little sub-questions I had was willingness, because even the, even the mm. bringing up the word or saying, what do you mean, sin? Oh, you're one of those bigots. Like, mm. Have you, I mean, you're as qualified as anybody to navigate and have wisdom what to say and when to keep your mouth shut do you still find that such a such a hard thing that you know you, you can still get a very adverse reaction to somebody who thinks oh you must be one of them and you don't even get a chance to explain <laughs> you know uh well you know i'm not too worried about other people's reaction because ultimately it's not about me yeah. it's always about something else yeah yeah you're right well, I think I, I want to be sensitive to those things. I generally, if someone's willing to ask, if someone asks me, what do I think? Uh, and, you know, in private or in anywhere, wherever, uh, I'm glad. And on the show, I will. I just, it, there's always, there's a time and a place. So I, I want, the reason I thought this was a great time to have you on, the, what your book talks about, I think is if folks give it a, give it a read, they'll see the mix of, here's what I think. Here's what I believe God says. Here's, I believe the scriptures that back it up. Uh, here are my struggles, and and they'll come away not feeling like oh she's just uh, swiping me away because she's uh, some outdated view of even you bring up love like well if, if I have God's love and we, I love her and she loves me or he loves me and I, what what's the big deal you know right. you could be and, they, and we need to be ready for these questions yeah As disciples we have to know that's why I wrote the book yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, 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 maybe we can end on that note, but just because that's a little hint at some of the stuff that that's there, and um, and ultimately loving people, you know, how do you do that, and um, holding true to what you believe, what God has to say, and yet realizing that we're we're all sinners. Another one of those points you brought up is uh, you you mentioned um, does a person need to replace homosexuality and and desires with heterosexual ones once they get converted? Like there shouldn't be any. You know, that should be gone within a certain amount of time. Um, but you also bring up the point, and without talking about that here, you do bring up the point about how there's plenty of heterosexual sin and struggle going on too, right? So I don't know if anyone's noticed me too, but uh, <laughs> it turns out straight people sin. Yeah, right. So all those things put together, um, it's, it's all in there. So thank you for writing it and for taking time with us, Rachel. Well, thanks, Tim. I'm glad you're enjoying the book. Yeah. God bless you, and hopefully we get a chance to catch up with you sometime. Awesome. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Rachel Gilson been our guest today. If you want to win a copy of her book, Born Again This Way, Coming Out, Coming to Faith, and What Comes Next, send a text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, or email timmyd, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at wfil.com. 
Actor John Reese Davis joins us next. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Happy St. Patrick's Day. A lot of folks are not able to go out for St. Patrick's Day, so we are bringing St. Patrick's Day to you in a very real way. Our guest uh, coming up here, you'll know from many different walks of life, so to speak, including the Raiders of the Lost Ark series, Indiana Jones, also from Lord of the Rings as Gimli the Dwarf, and from other endeavors, including uh, SpongeBob SquarePants and a lot of voice animation work over the years. And now in a a very serious, in a good way, movie, I am Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland. Please welcome John Reese Davis. Hello, sir. How are you doing today? Very good. And you're in Philadelphia. Indeed we are. Been uh, in Philadelphia for many years, WFIL has. A very well-known set of call letters, as they say. Long time. Right now, I'd like to echo Field's great remark. On the whole, I'd sooner be in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. A, a, a cold, bleak day here on the Isle of Man. Started to rain again. I'm in self-imposed quarantine uh, since you? I came back from New Zealand via Dubai. And... Uh, and 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 like many of your listeners, um, this year is already turning out to be a real nightmare of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, when I started this year, I had five films to do and a few documentaries and a few talking books and things like that. Uh, right at the moment, I can honestly say uh, there is absolutely no likelihood of any filming this year. And uh, I guess that my income uh, will go from reasonable to zero for the next 12, 18 months, maybe two years. All of us are going to be in a similar position in our own different ways. And, and, and we should actually take a bit of an example from this remarkable man about whom I've, I've had the privilege to be a part of uh, in, 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 on, on St. Patrick. Taken as a slave, uh, escaped as from slavery, uh, returned home to his middle-class family, slave-owning family, and grew dissatisfied with that life and decides that God, who has been the only person he's been able to speak to when he was a sheep a sh- shepherd in 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 uh, you know a, a slave shepherd in Ireland. Uh, that, that God wants him to go back and convert the Irish. And he does. And his adventures are the most extraordinary adventures. Um, but the moral for our times is that when you are really challenged, you must, you must find a way of doing what is right. All of us can behave well when things are going well. Um, it's when we're under this sort of pressure that uh, our real qualities will be examined. Yeah, and uh, for those just tuning in, John Reese Davis, our guest, you'll know him as Gimli the Dwarf in the Lord of the Rings movies. He was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, a couple of those films, and many other things. And as we're chatting today about the new endeavor he's working on, I Am Patrick, 
the patron saint of Ireland we're talking about today on St. Patty's Day. Yeah, you're talking about the rising to the challenge that we're doing in our culture right now that folks are being uh, asked to do and tested, if you will, in a way, just like Patrick in a different way, had to rise to many challenges in, along his journey. Uh, and, yes, and his perseverance. He's a, he's a giant of a man. And, uh, and it goes to Ireland because of him. Because of him, Ireland goes from being a bestial, savage place beyond the pale of civilization. Within three centuries, it is the beacon of learning and Christianity to the whole Europe, which is being riven with turmoil from the successive invasions from the east. You know the, you know the, the, the Ostrogoths, the Visigoths, you know the Vandals, the Huns, uh, and behind them, of course, the Mongols, uh, and 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 in the northern part of Europe, you know these Germanic nations that are pushing westward as well. Uh, you know the, uh, the 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 Angles, the Saxons, the Jutes, the Danes, and you know ultimately the Vikings, really. Yeah, John Reese Davis, uh, our guest, checking in from the Isle of Man, which for those who don't know is an island in the middle of the sea between Ireland and Britain, and we're talking about this new movie, I Am Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, and when people think of Saint Patrick, uh, images of shamrocks and snakes from Ireland and. Other things come up, and some uh, may be fact, some may be myth. What did you think going into working on I Am Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, and what did you learn as you were working on the film about who St. Patrick really was? Well, I, 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 I knew a little bit about Patrick anyway. I, I, I'm 76 in May, and I, I, I've always loved history, and uh, I've always read history, and, and though there are huge areas of history that I know absolutely nothing about, I did know a little bit about Patrick, um, and but they, <laughs> you know, if you'd asked me that question, you know, when I was twenty, I would have said, mm, "Oh yeah, Patrick uh, drove the snakes out of Ireland," and um, yes. he's a lot more than that. Um, and and there, is that, there are so many par- parallels, aren't there? I mean, the fact that he is a shepherd has has parallels with, you know, the central. Uh, image of Christianity, uh, of of the shepherd for you know looking after the the flock, uh, and and then he goes from 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 trying to create a flock with with sheep to to cry, trying to create a spiritual flock. Right. He's a remarkable man, you know, the island of the ninth century. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. John Reese Davis, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show this afternoon. AM560, WFAL.com, on the WFAL app as well. You'll know John from many different movies that he's been in, including the Raiders of the Lost Ark series and uh, Lord of the Rings as Gimli the Dwarf. And uh, today we're chatting about a brand new movie he's involved in out today. I am Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland. Uh, One of the things that I think made St. Patrick so amazing as portrayed in this film is his ability to forgive people, even when persecuted, and uh, and it's always kind of part of the story at those points in in the movie where some hard stuff happens. He does stand up for himself, but he also, uh, in the end, wants to you know love his enemies. Rather an amazing thing. Yes, it is, and you know it costs him sometimes. What is marvelous about him is I sense the human sort of bristling and hurt under these uh, uh, under these insults, and yet that insistence you've got to 
to learn Christianity yourself if you're going to preach it, you know. You know, love thy enemy, uh, you know, you know, turn the other cheek. Pray for them, you know, you can feel him sort of beating himself on the head when, you know, really he wants to sort of say, but this is so wrong to accuse me of these things, you know, but you don't understand why. Yeah, I did accept gifts from followers. How do you think I'm training and equipping another generation of, 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 of missionaries to go out there and preach the word? How, how do you think you can get into the size society of kings and queens in this barbarous place without trying to meet them on a level which they will at least meet you? I gave gifts to them. Yes, so that I could get in and talk to them and then begin the process uh, of, of converting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I sense is that, that that forgiveness that you so rightly point out is there is one of, it's not something that comes easily to this pugnacious man, uh, you know, who take on the world in order to do what he thinks is right. Uh, and that is why you have that constant reminder to himself, you know, I am a sinner you know, the least of, of, of worthy of men. He's reminding himself, as he is defending himself, you've got to put aside anger. And I find it so. You've got to put aside anger because you are just a wretch and you are nothing without God's forgiveness. And God's forgiveness involves submitting to the, his will. And that means you turn the other cheek, and and you you see that struggle in the tone of the of, of the thing, where you know he is hurt and he is angry, and at the same time he is trying to teach himself that he must he must forgive, and and he does, but it's bought. It's not it's not something easy. Oh, I forgive you, I forgive you for this that, and the other. No, it's it's something is that that really costs him he must abase himself before god because he is no more no less than a sinner yeah i think you nailed it uh john reese davis so kind to spend time with us this afternoon he is uh, in the isle of man the uh in the middle of the irish sea uh, between ireland and uh, britain and um talking about the movie i am patrick which comes out tonight the patron saint of ireland uh, you know John from a number of movies, including Raiders of the Lost Ark, and also as Gimli the Dwarf and Lord of the Rings. And it has been a real pleasure to hang out with you and talk about this film today. Really appreciate your time. Well, my dear friend, and, and may I just wish all your uh, listeners good health and uh, and 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 the courage to meet these hugely difficult days that are ahead of us. And I wish they were only days, but I think it could be a lot longer than we. And then we fear. But we can do it. We can do it. I agree. I think you're right. right. God bless you all. God bless you too. It's John Reese Davis from the new movie I Am Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, releases tonight. You'll know John from many different films, including the Raiders of the Lost Ark series and also as Gimli the Dwarf in the Lord of the Rings series and many others. It's Tim DeMoss Show, St. Patrick's Day edition on AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. 
Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.